dogs with an earthquake, birds and snakes and airplanes, and then Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane, listen to yourself, turn world to its own needs, dummy serve your own needs, beat it up and not speak, front no string, blood ladders, just a platter with fear, fight down, fight higher in a fire, we can see the games in the government for higher in a combat site, left to us and coming in a hurry with the furies beating down your death. Team, my team reporters, Papa Trump, Ted and Prop, look at that, no plane, fine, yes, uh-oh, overflow, population, comment, do whatever do, save yourself, save yourself, world, serve your tongue, needs, listen to your heartbeat, dummy, misdirection, with the reverence, right, right, you patriotic, patriotic, slam, fight, right, I feel it, pretty sight, it's the end of the world, as we know it, it's the end of the world, as we know it, it's the end of the world as we know it. I feel fine. Now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is everyone's favorite movie-based podcast. Well, one of everybody's favorite movie-based podcast but we are here for an evening at the movies i am the director of fun casey and this is the season two premiere of my dozens of fans favorite podcast so we are going to jump off into season two with a very special holiday episode because this weekend is fourth of july weekend tomorrow is fourth of july so we're going to make the season two premiere even more special but before we get into that i want to introduce the fact that i have a brand spanking new guest with me today on an evening at the movies she is a fellow podcaster, and she is a fellow Independence Day movie fan. So, with that said, everybody, please welcome Miss Sarah Runyon to An Evening at the Movies. Yay! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome on board for your first time. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. I love having new people on the show and no offense to everybody that I've had on my show, but you know, it's always exciting to have somebody new and fresh. Yes. And, um, you know, speaking of your show, I've, I've listened to a few of them and, um, I am highly upset that I didn't know that there was a friends trivia contest <laughs> Um, because I would have murdered it. Well, okay. Um, for if you actually would like to listen to the actual competition that was the Friends trivia, um, I highly recommend checking out the SIP list because that is my friend Amanda's. And well, my friend Amanda, everybody's friend Amanda, she is the co-host on An Evening at the Movies, but she also runs the SIP list. The Tr Friends Trivia Challenge actually took place on her podcast, and uh, yeah. her husband designed the challenge. And he was not very friendly about the 
difficulty of the questions that he designed too. <laughs> One of the well, questions I... that she made him throw out was uh-huh. what color is science boy's pants? Ooh. I would say blue, but I could be wrong. I... I'm probably wrong. I don't remember for the life of me what it was. I was totally thrown off by he had some very, very difficult questions. I mean, sounds like it. Amanda and I are very big friends fans. And yeah, she was thrown off even by the difficulty. I mean, there was a lot of what the fuck's thrown out when he asked the question by both of us. And I thoroughly yeah. got my butt handed to me. So hence the reason why there is the ode to Amanda part one on. <laughs> well, see, I have um, been doing trivia for like five years, like going to places and they have like tro- live trivia and um, they started to incorporate like specialized events. And one of them was friends. And we went to the first one. We won. And then they had um, another one. And it was like a huge amount of people. And we got second place. And then I've gone to several others. And we've gotten like first, second, third. So I'm a huge Friends fan. And I challenge anybody. So, you know. Yeah. We've already you guys the fact want to do that, another one. Oh, there, there's going to be another one, and we've already decided her husband is not writing the trivia questions for that one. <laughs> because Good. <laughs> I'm pretty competitive. She's pretty competitive, and neither of the two of us like to lose. Mm-hmm. But I believe I lost that trivia challenge 11 to 7. Oh, wow. And yeah, well, and then after that, I tried to salvage my pride and I challenged her to Karate Kid trivia, mm-hmm. which went a lot better. But um, hence the reason there is a mo- an ode to Amanda part two, <laughs> because yours truly lost that challenge as well. Mm. But we did do Friends trivia. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of cool stuff on her show. Uh-huh. We do a lot of we well, we've discussed a lot of cool movies on this show too. Stand by me. I think she's been on this show like seven or eight times. I think mm-hmm. you know, she's pretty much on just about every episode. And actually, we have. I don't have a date yet nailed down for this one, but. Almost from day one, I all had a celebrity guest booked to come on the podcast whenever we can get it set in stone and nailed down between his, yeah, filming schedule and book public book publicity tour. But um, we are supposed to have Karate Kid Part Three villain. Sean Kanan, aka Mike Barnes, come on an evening at the movies as well. Oh so wow. We're excited for that one. That's really cool. It is. And well, and I think I gotten that agreement 
very shortly after i think the second episode of an evening at the movies dropped so mm-hmm. the fact that he was willing to come on and is willing to come on let's cross our fingers that we can get it set in stone and done because amanda and i both are huge karate kid fans and we would love to get a chance to sit down for half hour 45 minutes or whatever and pick his brain and ask little questions that we have from behind the scenes and all of that so we're both looking you know you know i say shoot your shot you never know what celebrity is going to say yes or no um i've done that a couple times and i i have a funny story real quick yeah that's um i heard this comedian the other day on um the serious one of the common channels Mm -hmm. and he was talking about um that he loves space balls more than he loves star wars because he saw it first and i agree with him i like space balls more than star wars but my co-host loves star wars like she loves everything about star wars and um i messaged him and asked him if he want to come on and you know i was like very uh nice very try to be kind of charming whatever and his response was sure not even capitalized not even punctuated just sure and uh so i sent him a message back and i was like great i can see you're so excited (laughs) and the people were like why did you do that i was like because he's a comedian so i thought he would think it was funny uh haven't heard back yet so (laughs) may have messed that one up (laughs) well you never know exactly sometimes i thought it was funny especially now with people with the country starting to slowly open back up again a lot of these celebrities aren't going to have as much free time. So I think it's probably key that we get this stuff locked down as quickly as we can, because when schedules are going to start filling back up and hopefully movie theaters opening again rather quickly and masses will mean that a lot of these people are going to be going back to work sooner rather than later. Not that they haven't been working, but yeah. Personally, I'm still not going to the movies yet. Yeah, there was actually some bad news about my local movie theater during the pandemic and about five months ago. Um, Our movie theater is at this kind of um, establishment called a mall that people don't Uh necessarily know what those are anymore because people (laughs) go out of their house to go shopping. They don't go to the multiplex anymore. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And um, our mall is so crappily built, and it's actually built on a swamp. The foundation is like sinking in places. And then back in February, the ceiling started falling. Oh, gross. So, yeah, our entire mall has been condemned, which means that the movie theater that's in the mall is not allowed to be used until the owners of the mall fix the problems. Mm-hmm. And if ceilings are falling, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. So hopefully as movie theaters start to open up, we don't lose this 
released to theaters and released on Netflix or released on HBO Max or whatever at the same time. Because there's some movies coming out that I would really like to see and I don't want to wait two or three months after they release to see them. Because undoubtedly somebody will freaking spoil them on Facebook. Don't you hate that? Like, we don't do a spoiler-free podcast. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it. Uh, I do a movie review podcast as well. Um, Two Chicks Talking Flicks. And (laughs) we spoil everything. But we hope we'd let you know at the beginning, hey, we're going to spoil this brand new movie for you. So if you don't want to listen, go see the movie first and then come back and listen to us or listen to us. And, you know, we, we try to sidestep depending on what the movie is. Um, but, you know, we'll tell you about the movie and it's up to you to decide if you want to listen or not. Um, well, yeah, you know, but well, I'm not going to go out on Facebook and be like, well, he killed that person. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, there's probably a reason why, um, this isn't necessarily the reason why I opted for doing older movies, but with older movies, like we've done the crow, we've done stand by me. We've done Batman begins. We've done Beverly Hills cop. We've done Friday the 13th part one. We've done Edward Scissorhands. We've done the princess bride. We've done movies that are, you know, 25, 30 ish years old. So at this point, and I've said it before in a couple of different episodes, I'm like, these movies are old enough that if you're listening and you're going to get offended by me saying a plot point, um, you've had 30 years to watch this movie. Yeah. And you haven't seen this movie and you clicked on play to begin with, knowing that you wanted to see this movie, but haven't seen this movie. The spoiler is your fault then at that point. Mm-hmm. I try and yeah. not, I don't like to spoil stuff for people, but it's like, come on, 30 years. Yeah. And I saw that we've done a lot of the similar movies. Um, we also did The Princess Bride, which, spoiler alert, if you're going to go listen to my episode, um, I'm not a fan. Um, and then we also did uh, The Breakfast Club and uh, Beetlejuice. So I saw that you guys had done those episodes as well. Yeah, those are actually some of my favorite episodes. Um, yeah, the Beetlejuice one was, I think, one of, the, I think it was the second episode where we got going, and I really couldn't find proper points to edit. So mm-hmm. it's just like you know, I've got two and a half hours of recording, and it all works really well. I'm just like, find a good stopping point in the middle, cut it, and make it a two-part episode. Yeah. No, I'm actually scrolling through, and because I've listened to a handful of your guys' episodes as well. Oh, I had thanks. Obvious. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, it helps to, you know, understand where we're coming from as mm-hmm. podcasters, too. So, but yeah, I, we've done several similar episodes you have on here that you know is on our upcoming schedule as well and um i know like we we may do the same episodes but we do them completely different um 
our our styles are different and you know not saying like there's nothing sexist about this but you're coming at it from a male's perspective we come at it from a female's perspective and sometimes we've gotten uh notes from people that say you know I never would have thought of that um because we're we've talked about some movie where this woman was doing everything the guy was doing but she was in heels and she's just running around kicking ass but in heels this whole entire time and we're like that's not how it would go no woman would just be running around in heels but in the director's mind that that's how she would do it and we're like no every girl would have taken those damn things off and so we kind of come at it from a girl's perspective at times and I think it brings something different even you know there's how many movie review podcasts out there so many but most of them are done by guys or girls do chick flicks so we try to do a big amount of different kind of movies you know some guy movies some family movies cartoons whatever just to get like a different perspective well and that was one of the questions I got when I created the Facebook group and I started adding people before I recorded the first episode was I had people, Oh, you're just going to, cause everybody knows that yours truly is a huge one Stephen King fan two horror movie fan. Mm-hmm. And I had people messaging me this, is this going to be like all Stephen King, all horror all the time, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's not going to be all Stephen King and all horror all the time. I mean, once we get through August, you're going to have about eight episodes or eight weeks where it's going to be a lot of Stephen King and horror because September is Stephen King birthday bonanza month. And then with Halloween horror fest month in October. So, you know, you're stuck with that, but we try it. Well, we being me and Amanda, but because she throws ideas at me and we bounce ideas off each other and that's how we work you know we've got you know dramas we've got action movies we've got horror we've got ideas for even chick flicks mm-hmm. i in the first episode if you listen to the crow if anybody listens to the crow you'll remember that at some point in that episode i basically announced that there's only one true rule for an evening at the movies and that's that no movie is off limits except the dark tower i cannot in good faith being a stephen king fan allow that movie to come on an evening at the movies because i just i can't give it fair impartial treatment that's how big of a Stephen King fan I am. So, so do you hate that movie? It, as, I understand what they were trying to do with it, but I'm also a long time enough fan to know that that's not what I wanted from that movie. When it finally came out, I wanted an actual adaptation from the story. And that's not really the direction that they went with it. So, and I'm a big enough dark tower fan that it just didn't meet my expectations so i would prefer if people come on come in the group and want to request a movie just don't go there because i might have to try and convince you otherwise so i don't know what episodes you listen to of ours but we have a will a will a will a wheel 
Thank you. Jesus. Mm-hmm. We have a wheel that we um, spend sometimes and that's going to help us decide what movie we want to do. And we put movies on there that we hated. We put movies on there that we love. We put movies on there that we've never seen before. Yeah. And the first like three or four times we used the damn wheel, it did the movies that we hated. And we did them. And we were going to do drunk episodes. And one of the very first ones we did was The English Patient. Now, I had never seen it. My friend had seen it about four times. Hates it. I don't know why she kept watching it, but she did. And um, we tried to get drunk. That movie sobered us up so much that we had no energy to even, like try to be drunk like it it just it sucked all of our drunkness out of us and our souls along with it and (laughs) it's one of our most popular episodes (laughs) and then we did glitter which we thought was you know going to be awful and that's our most popular episode so we try to do movies that people hate actually and those seem to be pretty popular so we have fun with it yeah that's the i'm like I, i'm open to anything if it's not necessarily my favorite i'll try and be as impartial as i can because i know yeah. not everybody's tastes are going to be the same so yeah, true. you know just because i like beetlejuice doesn't mean everybody else is going to like beetlejuice yeah well we watched um the movie infinite recently mm-hmm. it was god-awful and uh, we do not hold back at all. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Paramount. Don't go out and buy Paramount just so you can watch this movie. It's terrible. Yeah, I went out and got Paramount just so I could watch the recent reboot of The Stand and so many mixed feelings. So, so many mixed feelings. I thought you were going to say the reboot of the challenge, and I was like, oh my God, me too. But <laughs> yeah. So, that's a little bit about Sarah's show as well. Yeah. Exciting. I've actually, like I said, listened to a couple episodes. I love the show. Well, thank you. So, we'll get more into that as we get towards the end of the episode. But um oh yes i actually have a new segment before we get going that i want to debut for season two okay and it's actually what's new in hollywood because well we're at that point now where theaters actually is new stuff (laughs) theaters are starting to release and all of that but um, I believe this one actually came out. I'm trying to find if I wrote the date down. And I didn't. So don't shoot the messenger, but it was either last, as yesterday, as in Friday, or coming this coming Friday. Mm-hmm. But um, the newest... One of the newest major releases in Hollywood is, and I'm going to try and Google while I talk, so so I can actually have accurate information, but 
2021 film. Okay, it's next Friday. So coming soon to theaters July 9th is the, well, some people will say muchly anticipated. Some people won't necessarily say muchly anticipated, but the Scarlett Johansson-led Black Widow Ugh. releasing the theaters this coming Friday. Not everybody is a ScarJo fan. I'm not me at all. <laughs> I kind of have mixed feelings about the Marvel movies post Endgame. Yeah. And I'm not 100% sure where they're going, but I may still check the movie out at some point. But yeah, just a heads up for those of you who are huge ScarJo fans that coming friday the black widow movie so yeah that's I'll probably watch it but i'm not jazzed about it yeah i mean well we have movie pod a movie podcast so at some point it'll probably come up and people are going to want to have it discussed so you know it is what it is mm-hmm. and i probably will check out at some point the phase two marvel movies as they grow in different directions now that the infinity war is over my thing is 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 it gonna get do well because it's the only thing that's new that's out or is it going to not do well because people don't like will they blame covid for not doing well when maybe it's just not interesting you know well and i think that's, that's my question i think there's another movie coming out i believe later this year that is probably going to suffer from that as well because it's been held on to for oh by the time it comes out almost a year and a half mm-hmm. ready to be released and that being top gun 2 Oh, yes. I'm excited about that one. Again, mixed feelings because it's one of those, you know, it probably would have been better as a sequel 30 years ago, right after the first movie. Well, you know, it depends on how they do it because as we know, the movie that we're about to talk about also came out with the second one and a long time after the first one. Yeah. My sister didn't even remember about it. Like, we were sitting there talking about this movie, and I was like, yeah, doesn't he come back for the second one? And she was like, second one. I was like, remember? And she's like, oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to serve have that same fate, or can it stand on its own? Well, you could, yeah. And like I said, Top Gun 2 has been ready to be released since last summer. Yeah. And it's supposed to come out in November this year. I'm excited. I'm going to see it. I say supposed to because we're living in a COVID era and nothing is what it seems until it actually happens. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm curious to see if COVID has anything to do with, I mean, if Top Gun 2 fails, is it because it was a crappy movie or is it because the excitement waned over a year and a half? while people were people were waiting for the movie to come out you know yeah 
so. We'll see, I guess. Yes, we will. So, and um, there actually was one other brief news item that I actually did see that actually came out, I believe a week and a half-ish, two weeks ago. And that was that um, movie director icon Steven Spielberg signed a exclusive deal to produce new material for Netflix. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we're getting into the exclusivity of aligning ourselves with one streaming service. Yeah. Because you have like Disney has Star Wars, they have Marvel, they have everything. Everything. And now Netflix is starting to get big into their exclusivity with their stuff and all of that. So it's, yeah, because they have one with uh, Kevin Hart, too. Yeah. Because, yeah, you won't see Kevin Hart anywhere else but Netflix. And they actually, right before COVID, signed a huge freaking... Netflix did sign a huge contract with Eddie Murphy as well. They, The plan was, was he was going to produce and star in a Beverly Hills Cop 4 movie. Oh, wow. As well as, I believe the deal was for two stand-up comedy specials that he was supposed to do himself. And then, unfortunately, COVID hit, and you can't go out on the road when everything's in lockdown. Yeah. So I'm not sure if we're ever going to get Eddie Murphy back on the road again, but those of us here at an evening at the movies would so love to see Eddie Murphy at least once back out on the road just for nostalgia purposes. So mm-hmm. if ever you're listening, Eddie, please just one time. So, but yes. So yeah. So Steven Spielberg has an exclu- exclusive deal to produce new material for Netflix. So that could be interesting as well to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. So, and before, finally. Yes. So, Independence Day. Movie released July 3rd, 1996 from 20th Century Fox. Directed by Roland Emmerich and had a $75 million budget. Which made... A 1996 box office of 100 or no, not one, 817.4 million dollars. So, and on top of that, go figure you translate that to today's standards, that would have been a box office of approximately 1.5 billion dollars, not million, but billion. Were you one of them that went and saw it on opening weekend? Um, I saw it July 4th. I didn't yeah. see it on opening day. I saw it actually after one of my friends saw it and highly recommended it. So I went on the 4th and then I went again on the 5th and then I probably saw it like five times the first week it was out. Wow. We went so. and saw it opening weekend. I don't remember if it was on the 3rd <clears throat> or the 4th, but I know we saw it like when it came out that weekend. Yeah, I mean, 
I love the movie that much. I, it, it takes something special anymore to get me to go to the movie that much, especially mm-hmm. in the first week. But yeah, no, I fell in love with that movie immediately from the opening scene to the last scene at the end of the movie. Yeah. It, yeah. We'll get into the review and I'll give you my opinion later, but yeah, it, yeah, it, there were jump shocks throughout the movie mm-hmm. that still to this day, if I'm not paying attention, will cause me to jump. Yep. One of them got me. And I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the jokes and comedic moments throughout the movie, I mean, still make me laugh to this day. Mm-hmm. Whether it's something that Will Smith says or something that um bill pullman says or randy quaid or vivica a fox or it doesn't Harry they're coming from everybody has their moments to shine throughout the entire movie and i i really honest to god love jeff goldblum's quote-unquote yes. dad in the movie i mean his dad jumping in with you know, his little, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in the White House. Oh my God. Ask if they have a pen or but, but, but the little stuff that Judd Hirsch throws out there every time he's on camera. It just, it's hilarious. Yes. So, uh, let's see. So yeah, Independence Day obviously has an almost complete semi all-star cast being will smith bill pullman jeff goldblum mary mcdonald judd hirsch robert loja you know randy quaid margaret collin vivica a fox james rebhorn harvey firestein adam baldwin brent spiner james duvall bill smitrovich Harry Connick Jr., Mae Whitman, Ross Bagley, Lisa Jacob, you know, and and some of those names you may not necessarily remember Mm -hmm. or know where you know them from, but um, obviously everybody knows who Will Smith is. Yes. Will Smith is Will Smith. Most of you are going to know who Bill Pullman is, Mm -hmm. president. Thomas Whitmore, um, also Lone Star from Spaceballs. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> has been all over the place. Um, Robert Loge has been all over the place. I mean, I can't even be- begin to list everywhere that you would have seen him in. Randy Quaid, same thing. With the, I mean, James Rebhorn, I believe, was Luke Perry's dad in Eight Seconds. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend that one too. That is a big time tearjerker for Casey as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an amazing. Ross Bagley was um, Will Smith's little cousin in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes. And then transitioned into playing his stepson in Independence Day. I know it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like. He gets his debut on Fresh Prince and then 
Will gets him a job playing his stepson on in Independence Day. So, and if nobody knows him from that, they know him from Little Rascals when yeah. he, you know, chose a pickle for a nickel. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. So, um, trying to think. Um, I got, I actually found some fun facts about the movie while I was doing my preparations too, that some of which I didn't even know. Um, mm-hmm. Evidently, the film title was almost Doomsday because Independence Day was owned by a different studio. Glad they changed it. And, well, yeah, I ultimately, from what I read, the thing that changed it was. Um, bill pullman's speech before they take off for the final battle the epic oh. speech that he gives, you know with the last line being today we celebrate our independence day yeah i at that point 20th century fox almost had to freaking shell out whatever the other studio was willing to sell it for to buy because that with that iconic line tagged with that movie title mm-hmm. it's just pure gold in my opinion anyway oh yeah for sure um a lot of the stuff um with jeff goldblum and will smith was actually all improvised and not scripted i knew it um and believe it or not jeff goldblum actually paid tribute to one of his other iconic movie roles from a couple years earlier when they're in the mothership Mm -hmm. and they're trying to escape and the door is closing on them and he's must go faster, must go fast, not to Jurassic park. Uh I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that makes total sense too. Um, The role of president Whitmore actually almost went to Dean Devlin's, high school classmate kevin spacey oh wow it would have been a completely different movie yeah well and it didn't ultimately end up going that way because the studio didn't think kevin spacey was a movie would amount to being a movie star so (laughs) go figure um the movie actually had full support of the u.s military until they found out that the studio had plans of adding area 51 into the movie. And then the U S military withdrew all support for the movie because the studio refused to edit that out. Hmm. Big question mark left over everything. Now, if why is the military wanting area 51 not talked about just saying, I like that. We still talk about it now. Like it's still a thing. Right. <laughs> we I, still don't really know. No, and I not truth be told, we probably never will, but um actually Independence Day was one of the last movies to ever use minimal CGI and a little a lot of the special effects were actually done with um models and a cloud tank for effects like when the ships are entering 
the earth's atmosphere and you get the cloudy fiery mm-hmm. yeah that was cloud tank oh wow so yeah that i never even thought about the fact that um yeah but yeah it doesn't really have a whole cgi kind of feel to it it has an early star wars special effects kind of feel to it so you're saying they didn't go to space is that what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) damn i know right what the hell um bill pullman's big speech from that we already talked about at the end um was filmed on august 6 1995 50 years to the day after the u.s dropped atomic bombs on japan uh-huh. and the scene was filmed in front of an air force hangar that once housed the enola gay one of the bombers to carry out that mission oh wow coincidence I think not. <laughs> um, and oh well, this one's not really that big of a surprise, but evidently the way that the ad campaign for the movie played out overseas caused a war of the worlds like panic in Spain. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go figure. So with all that said, um, so basically the whole plot of the, mo- the movie plays out over, a, what, a three-day period of time. Yeah. Um, initially, you have day one being the, the discovery day. And, the well, this discovery slash arrival day. You have alien ships that are entering earth's atmosphere for mysterious at the time and well yeah unknown mysterious reasons at the time and we don't know what they're here for and you've got a bunch of people the u.s government you have um jeff goldblum's character trying to figure out why you know jeff goldblum's character works for a tv network or cable whatever and he's trying to figure out why they're bad signals and all that and he discovers that there's actually a signal in the satellite system that is being used by the aliens to communicate and coordinate the initial strike on our planet Mm -hmm. so there's a race against time to you know prepare the major cities for what's coming because we don't know what's coming and you've got the government's trying to be all friendly and welcoming and all of that and you know let's try and work together with these people but obviously they have other plans in mind for us Mm -hmm. go figure um so yeah and ultimately day one ends with an attack on Washington, D.C. and New York and L.A. that ultimately ends up wiping out all three cities. But was there anything you wanted to add about day one? Yeah, I you I, noticed. I know I skipped over a whole lot in day one, but 
I wanted to nest I was kind of wanted to make sure you had time to throw in your two cents too so yeah um you noticed that they didn't hit Texas mm-hmm. um because we wouldn't stand for that here in Texas <laughs> um and also the safest place to be is in the Midwest obviously because yeah. they're not going to mess with the Midwest <laughs> well so. they didn't hit Seattle either so that's true evidently they they don't want to screw with the you know hippie pot smoking free loving tree huggers either true though there were plenty of them in california and they took them up in one fell swoop which was great (laughs) and actually um i grew up in nebraska and they have the underground where the president goes if some you know shit happens and oh i don't know if i can cuss on here i'm sorry no you're fine if if stuff happens and so when they went to norad later on in the film we were Mm -hmm. like they should have just gone to nebraska because there was nobody there the aliens weren't attacking there (laughs) Well, that yeah, the best place, yeah. Well, I think they kind of sort of got to Texas later in the movie, but a little bit. But they went to Houston, no one cares about Houston. Well, Houston's almost like non existent in the state of Texas, but yes, rest of day one. Was there anything else that you had? Um, drop in it's the end on? of the world as we know it. I know. I love the fact that song. they threw that moot and they make sure to give it to you just loud enough that you're gonna yeah. you can't miss it. But yeah, yeah the fact that they gentle. open the movie with REM song, "It's the End of the World as We Know It." Yeah, freaking hilarious! It's, it's so good. You know, they distracted us with the whole golf inside, and then uh the guy hitting his head you know it's still there but you're like not really paying attention to it as much yeah i mean very subtle yeah i love the little nuances of stuff that you get throughout day one Mm -hmm. and Yeah, because day two is when you really start getting into the excitement of, yeah. okay, we now know what we're dealing with and the fact that these people, well, not people, aliens, E.T. has come down and he came down with an attitude and we need to fight back. But so, yeah. Basically, the early part of day two is um, the U.S. military trying to launch counterattacks to try and bring down the medium-sized ships because they're not the big ships because the big ship is up in outer space. But yeah, yeah, I mean, medium-sized, but yet it's like 15 miles across in diameter it's so big so yeah and then you have all these little baby little ships that but yeah but yeah i mean 
that's when you start to get a lot of the meat and potatoes of Will Smith's character starts to come out in day two. I mean, you get introduced to Will Smith's character and the fact that he's dating um, Vivica A. Fox and she's a stripper mm-hmm. and he's a stepdad to her son and all that. You get that in day one. But then in day one, he also, because of the ship's arrival, gets called back to his military base because he's a captain in the Marine Corps. Yeah. And then, yeah, after the events that end day one, they develop a plan of attack and that they're going to send, well, I'm sure that there's more squadrons going out than just it, but the one that you get from the movie is they're sending out the Black Knights, which is Will Smith's squadron of fighter pilots to try and take down the alien ships. And that's where you got, I mean, Will Smith's character is one of the, you know, high ranking official. Um, Harry Connick Jr. is Mm. one of his, and Harry Connick Jr. is, for the brief moment he's in this movie, is freaking hilarious. Yes. I love watching him in movies because between his Southern accent and his wit and charm i think he's actually a very hilarious i mean i loved him in hope floats yeah i love him in independence day obviously but you you know will smith and harry con ironically i did see this too harry connick jr not the first choice to play jimmy in independence day oh really Uh uh-huh would you like to guess Oh, um, hmm. I, I can almost guarantee you're not going to guess this one. Let's see here. Who would have been popular then? Uh, yeah, no. I can't think of anybody. Matthew Chandler Bing Perry. Really? I totally, no. I, no, no. that would not work. <laughs> no, I, yeah. That had been probably towards the end of season one that they would have started filming after season one of friends would have just wrapped. You know, he might have been okay with um, like the part where he says, you know, abort, abort, maybe that character. Yeah. But, but not his friend. No, no, mm -mm. no, I don't think Will would have vibed like uh-uh. Harry vibed. Yeah, because they're so good together. It reminds me of Maverick and Goose from Top Gun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that of, of course he shares the same fate as Goose. <laughs> he does, unfortunately. You know, rest in peace. Harry Connick's junior character Harry Connick Jr.'s character. Yeah, I can't freaking speak today. But yeah, I mean, there's a big, huge, long battle between the Black Knights and hundreds of thousands of little baby alien ships (laughs) that obviously, well, 
it starts with missile attacks on the medium-sized ships only to find out that they have a protective shield around the ship yeah so at one after initially trying to shoot missiles at it and finding that that doesn't work they end up being attacked by the hundreds of thousands of little miniature baby ships only to find out they can't shoot those down because yeah. those have little baby shields around them as well so the black knights end up trying to evacuate and return to base save themselves whatever and basically at come the end of that you have what two left two being harry connick jr and will smith yeah. racing to save their lives and harry connick jr's character tries to get a little showboaty to you know make evasive maneuvers and ends up trying something that i'm guessing physically is not supposed to be possible and he ends up not being able to breathe and he rips his air mask off and ultimately ends up getting shot down by one of the aliens yeah but then the alien still ends up pursuing will smith and ultimately will smith suckers him into crashing out in the middle of the desert in no man's land and which is a great scene oh the whole scene is uh, from the time that the alien crashes and because will smith hit pulls the evacuation cord and yeah the top of the jet flies off the parachute comes out blinding the alien ship so the alien ship can't see where it's going and then it ends up crashing into the rim of a ravine and will smith is floating back to the ground with his parachute and as soon as he hits the ground he goes into typical will smith attitude mode <laughs> talking shit talking smack and yeah what's that oh, yeah, yeah man. look at you all ship all banged up and and he, the whole way walking up to the ship he's talking crap the whole time oh yeah he climbs up on the ship opens the hatch you get one of your first big jump scares with the alien jumping out of the smoke at him and he just like screw punches, him. Him. punches <laughs> him right in the freaking face and like <laughs> that bitch mm -hmm. it, well i believe his line was welcome to earth yeah <laughs> and then he sits down on the ship afterwards and takes his celebratory cigar out and puts it in his mouth He's like that's what i call a close encounter I mean, uh, it's so great it it I have moments where I go back and forth with Will Smith because well I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to dampen the mood on this movie because this movie is so freaking awesome but yeah we'll just go with I go back and forth on Will Smith from time to time this is one of those movies that I think he was given a character and I believe he nailed the character oh yeah from top to bottom so good and you know when he's like dragging him with his parachute and he's yeah, like no. and what the hell is that smell <laughs> well yeah he, he's all dragging him through the desert and you can tell he's exhausted he's tired and he turns around and kicks him and he's like i should have been at a barbecue <laughs> and like what the hell is that smell and it's like probably stinky alien 
Yeah. <laughs> out in the middle of freaking 120 degree freaking desert heat. Probably not going to smell really freaking good. You know, speaking of him supposed to be at a barbecue, when he's leaving and all those people are like running out of their houses with all their stuff, like couches, mm-hmm. who needs a couch when when the world is, you know, might be crumbling down? But besides that, there's a mailman, and I've never noticed this before. He's still delivering mail. So no rain, no sleet, no sun, no alien attack will stop this mailman from delivering the damn mail. And, you know, I salute you, sir. (laughs) Right. Day two. So after Will Smith is dragging the alien through the desert and they're basically just he's discovered and rescued by a fleet of rvs yeah randy quaid's character has thrown together and he stops and asks him you know you need a lift and he's all like yeah there's a military base that's right around here i saw it when i flew overhead and he's like it was not on the map and he's like trust <laughs> me it's there i saw it was not on it's there trust me yeah <laughs> so obviously at this point we jump a little bit over the fact that um jeff goldblum and his ex-wife and the president and his daughter and jeff goldblum's dad and the surviving members of the cabinet they're already at this military base come to find out that it's area 51 Mm -hmm. and so yeah they're already at area 51 discovering all these little nuances about the aliens that we've known for however many years because of the crash landing in roswell new mexico now i have a couple points on that okay so one his um secretary of defense he knows about area 51 Mm -hmm. but isn't the president supposed to get like a big dossier of secrets how does he not know and this guy knows? Yeah, I have Seems no idea how that's supposed to work out. I've, yeah. I've heard rumors that there's like this big old freaking file that gets passed down from yeah. the president. But I've also heard that there's some stuff that doesn't necessarily get thrown in there per se. Mm. So I don't mm, could know. be. Well, for plausible deniability, like he says. Well, yeah, I mean realistically i could see the point of well what are the odds that there's ever actually going to be it's been all these decades and we haven't had a alien attack so there's no real reason to tell the president and worry him over something that isn't going to freaking happen oh shit now it happened and we have no way to combat it because we haven't been working on it well they've been trying to work on it but yeah whatever Uh, my my uh other point was I think it's funny when um, Jeff Goldblum and his dad are traveling and they're bickering. It's like, you're mm. in the middle of this dangerous situation. You don't know what's going on, but parents and kids will still bicker about oh, yeah. stupid stuff, about driving, about being nauseous on a plane. And how are you nauseous on that plane? It looks like it's probably barely moving. It has a lamp. It's that fancy. And you're getting sick. Well, yeah. Lame. It just goes to show you how much quality 
machines that the president of the United States gets. I mean, that would not if we if you and I were on an airplane, that would not be the quality airplane that we would get. No, our freaking airplane <laughs> would be freaking all freaking all over up in the sky and upside down and sideways and back and forth and yeah, no bueno. Yeah, no. But yeah, before I mean, even because we're gonna have to get to this at some point, but. I mean, I love the dynamic between Jeff Goldblum and Judd Hirsch as father yeah. and son in that movie. From the first scene where they're in the park playing chess as the aliens are starting to arrive to even the final moments of the movie, it's just like everything just clicked perfectly for them. Yeah. In line. That element of casting was spot on freaking perfect. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And I, I have to say, for the women's perspective, as a like 11 year old when I saw this movie, mm-hmm. couldn't appreciate how sexy Jeff Goldblum is. But as a 37 year old lady rewatching this movie, I was like, damn, he looks really attractive in this movie. <laughs> and I just have to let that be known to the masses. I will allow that one to slide because Amanda <laughs> likes to throw those out there all the time as well. So she I, should. And I do have female listeners as well. So, and I'm sure that they will chime in with their sexiness opinions throughout each and every episode as well. So, I mean, we've done Johnny Depp movies, and I'm sure that there's been women that have swooned over the Johnny Depp. Uh, not me. Any, whatever they're tastes are it it is what it is i mean i've had moments where i briefly you know threw in my two cents but i tend to be outweighed and not outweighed overruled by female presence so i tend to try and keep mine to a minimum what about jasmine as a stripper (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah okay i thank you for opening the door for that but yet vivica a fox is a stripper oh lord yeah i forgot that whole plot point and i was like she's a stripper and he's in the uh army or air force or yeah whatever branch he's in i was just Nerdy. like that doesn't seem like that they would actually let that fly actually well, and there is a plot point in the in day one when Will Smith's character returns to his base and he finds the letter sticking out of his locker yeah. from NASA, basically denying him the opportunity to pilot the space shuttle. Mm-hmm. And Harry Connick Jr.'s character looks at him, he's like, dude, you're never going to get to fly the space shuttle if you're married to a stripper. Yep. And it's true. I, as so, you would, you would like to believe that that stuff doesn't matter in society, especially in deep into the 21st century that we are, but I guess in some way, shape or form, and I don't really want to get too deep into it, but I could see how, you know, it kind of sort of could portray uh, inferior inferior image on NASA. 
Well, and also, um, I grew up military in a military mm. family. Um, and everything you do reflects on your person that's in the military. So if I mess up on the base, it can have um, bad effects on my dad. Yeah. So, you know, you have to mind your P's and Q's. And so having a wife that's a stripper that, yeah, they would actually frown upon that. (laughs) Well, and I mean, I guess I could kind of sort of see the stigma that goes along with being a stripper is, well, is she faithful? Is she going to be faithful while you're overseas for 12 months, two years, however long your deployment is? Deployed, yeah. I mean, because that's a big thing. I mean, can you realistically, honestly trust your spouse to be faithful while you're gone for a year, two years, however long you're gone for? Because... Not to sound harsh and rude, but I mean, people have needs. Yeah. And, you know, when they don't feel like their needs are being met for a substantial period of time and you don't know when your other half is coming home, can you fight back your urges and stay faithful to the one that you're married with? Yeah. I mean, that is part of being in a married relationship or even in a committed relationship but yeah there is the whole yeah all of that so yeah i get what you're saying as well too so so yeah so end of day two where basically everybody's arrived at area 51 Mm -hmm. um they've even tried to um the alien that Will Smith brings to the base <laughs> ultimately comes back to life and attacks the doctor who is played by Brent Spiner. Data from Star Trek The Next yes. Generation, if any of you care. But yeah, I had that written down. <laughs> uh, yeah, he attacks him, kills him, and communicates with the president through the doctor. And let whoa, whoa, kill. whoa. What? Hold on. You said they kill him. Okay. But doesn't he come back from number two? True. <laughs> that was the part that I was talking to my sister about. And she was like, no, there's not a number two. I was like, yes, there is. And I'm pretty sure he's the one that comes back to life. <laughs> Good point. Anyway, to finish where I was going. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, they communicate through the doctor that um, there's absolutely no, going to be no peace between the aliens and the earthlings. And they're basically going to exterminate the entire freaking planet. So um, that ultimately causes the president to come to the realization that that's it because the president has been you know denying everybody's request to let's just nuke them let's just nuke them let's just nuke them no you're not gonna freaking nuke them because on you know now you turn you know one falling object into a billion small falling objects plus you have nuclear fallout 
over our home soil and all that. And I get it. But yeah, at this point, the president has ultimately become desperate and he's all like, finally, that's it. Let's nuke the bastards. Yeah. So um, they end up attempting to nuke the aliens only to find out that, um, yeah, not going to work. Their shields are nuclear proof as well. But in the meanwhile, since the announcement of the um, nuclear attack, Jeff Goldblum's character, who is very much a hippie tree hugger, well, he's not Mm -hmm. necessarily, he's very eco-friendly. We'll put it that way. That might be better than calling him a hippie. Yeah. Because he's not very hippie-esque. But um, he's having a meltdown and trashing one of the rooms at Area 51 and talking about, well, if we ruin the planet, maybe the aliens won't want it and they'll leave us alone and blah, blah, blah. And his dad comes in and they have this heartfelt moment about um, having faith and all Mm -hmm. of that and ultimately he's he's sitting on a linoleum floor and his dad tells him get up off this cold floor you're going to catch a cold and all of a sudden it dawns on jeff goldblum's character a cold oh what (laughs) if i could find a way to transmit a computer virus into the mothership which will filter down into all the other ships and maybe it will disable the shields and that could give us a small window of time to take them out, take them down, do our thing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Which ultimately leads into bum 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 day three with the um, ultimately the plan of attack is, is Will Smith is going to pilot one of the the ships that cra- the ship that crash landed after at Roswell, New Mexico, and he and Jeff Goldblum's character are going to fly into outer space and dock with the mothership and transmit the virus, fire off a nuke, and or transmit the virus, fly home on the way back, fire off the nuke to blow up the mothership, and then that'll also give the time for everybody on earth to take out the medium sized ships and the baby ships. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan there for that. And then um, because they're shorthanded military or pilot wise, they've got to enlist as many people as they can from <laughs> the RV fleet that brought Will Smith to area 51. Mm-hmm which ends up bringing Randy Quaid back into Randy Quaid is a former fighter pilot, but he is also a drunk and he supposedly was kidnapped by aliens a while back and (laughs) he has a grudge. So that's a little foreshadowing for as to what's to happen towards the end of the movie. But yeah, so they have to train all these pilots up while Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are flying up to the mothership and get them ready to go and 
you also get at this point the um speech from bill pullman mm -hmm. outside of the hangar with the uh, from now on fourth of july will no longer be known as an american holiday it's going to be a worldwide holiday because evidently they've coordinated with squadrons around the world to sync up and link up together to do this yeah. so now it's going to become a worldwide holiday and all that and then conclude the speech with today we celebrate our independence day Woo. so yeah gets everybody fired up for the final battle because everybody has to get fired up for the final battle and um so about this time you've got will smith and jeff goldblum are arriving at the mothership they end up docking they transmit the virus to the mothership that takes a minute to upload so you've got the squadrons of you know makeshift fighter pilots that are flying up on the medium-sized ship that is starting to lower well not lower but come to a rest over the top of area 51 because they mm -hmm. figured out what's going on and they're going to take out area 51 before area 51 can take them out but ultimately the virus ends up going into the mothership filtering down to the medium-sized plant or the medium-sized ships and then filters out to all the little baby ships which weakens all of their defenses ultimately so that our fighter pilots can start taking out the baby ships they can start trying to figure out how to take down the medium-sized ships only to find out that you know it, they're not causing enough damage and they're running out of missiles but they have one pilot left that has one missile left Go figure. <laughs> leave it to be randy quaid's character has the one missile left that could be the one to take down all the ships yeah at least give them the knowledge on how to take down all the ships but then he goes to fire and all of a sudden malfunction he has no way of shooting the missile off to try and take down the ship as the ship is loading up its primary weapon to strike area 51 so in turn he radios back to the base and basically lets them know that um he basically tells them tell my kids i love them and he takes one for the team and flies his fighter pilot literally straight up into the primary weapon of the medium-sized ship and causes a big enough explosion that ends up taking down the whole entire plane yeah so um one thing we didn't mention is yeah. the president decides he's going to fly a plane yes he and decides to man up as well too yeah and what's really funny is that it's not like riding a bike and i don't know how long it's been since you've ridden a bike or even um like sat on a swing but it is hard to remember what to do 
Mm-hmm. when you haven't done it in a long time and i just thought he didn't even go through the training like the quick brief training that nope. they had he jumped right back just, into it and he was amazing at the job and yeah. he's all over the yes. place shooting down baby ships and trying to take down the medium-sized ships and go figure evidently the president is a badass yeah and i i tried to think what president in the last i don't know 50 years could do in that and i got down to two I was thinking Ronald Reagan seems like he probably could have done it or George Deb. Like those are the only two I could think of that would have been like, I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll fly a plane. I'll go kick some ass. Yeah. I think, that, I think Bill Clinton would not have wanted to um, like destroy his hair, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, like I'll play a little saxophone for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um the real i mean well a, a lot of person yeah personality wise i would probably go with junior and um reagan would be yeah. the two that i would think would have the testiculars to try something like that yeah I couldn't think of anybody else. I was like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we won't go too deep into the whole politics of it, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was just no, like, I, I wonder what actual present would have done something like that. And those are the only two I can think of that might have been like, well, I'll go do it. Yeah. Uh, Carter wouldn't have done it. Nixon wouldn't have done it. Ford wouldn't have done it. No. Oh. Maybe if he wasn't so broken down and crippled, Kennedy. Yeah. Eisenhower. I mean, we're we're starting to get way way back into the old old old. I mean, now someone who ran for president. Um. Uh, oh God, the one from New York. I can't think of his name. He would have done it. Um oh he was the governor of new york for a long time it's gonna drive me crazy i think he would have done it because he was in the military but well yeah you kind of have to have a military mindset to do something like that other than that i i couldn't think of anybody else i just thought it was like a funny thing to think about (laughs) good thought and it kind of reminds me of uh, Space Invaders when they were in the air shooting down those little little things. Yeah. So, alright. So, yeah. So, since they trans- transmitted the virus, mm-hmm. Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum can't seem to undock from the mothership, so they're kind of sort of stuck, and they're having their moment where they're sharing their celebratory cigar and they're just like, you know what? We're not getting out of this, but at the same time, we've got this nuclear missile. So it's been fun. It's been real. They have their moment where they, you know, they shake hands and they're like, let's do it. If mm-hmm. We're going to shoot it off and, you know, it's been nice knowing you, but we got to take this ship down as well. Otherwise, we're not really fixing the problem. So 
they end up shooting the missile off, which ends up dislodging them from the docking mechanism. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, oh, damn, we're loose. And Jeff Goldman, go, Jeff Goldman's like, can you get us out of here? And he's like, I ain't heard no fat lady. We haven't really gotten into the whole dialogue of the whole moment yet, but yeah. when they take off from Earth, there's a moment where Will Smith gets confused and ends up backing the airplane into a wall. And <laughs> he's all like, oops. And he's like, what do you mean, oops? He's like, oh, well, somebody flipped my directional reminder around. So he flips it back over. And he's like, okay, so this way only without the oops. And they're talking about their lack of communication and all this, that, and the other thing about how you didn't tell me this is how this was going to go. And we're going to have to work on our communication. And yeah. it, all, it all comes back in the end with they fire off the missile, they get dislodged. And like I was saying, you have the whole, can you fly us out of here? And like, I heard no fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. Quit talking about the fat lady and fly us out of here. <laughs> so they're racing, trying to get out. Like we said earlier, you have the door that's closing rapidly on trying to stop them from getting away and Mm -hmm. you have them must go faster must go faster must go (laughs) jurassic park and ultimately at the last split second right as the doors almost closed they break right through a small little well what would be a pinhole for compared to the ship but yeah you know it's big enough for them to get out and they fly off to freedom as the timed released missile is waiting and ticking down to blowing up and then blows up and you get the nuclear fallout that rushes up on them from behind and starts to overcome them and then cut back to the celebration on earth with the ship coming down and all of that and everybody's celebrating and patting the pilots on the back and patting the president on the back and all of that and the president walks up to um Robert Loge's character because he's a high-ranking military official and he's like we heard from the two guys the package delivery and they're like yeah we haven't talked to them and we haven't received a signal from them in like 20 minutes so you get the feeling that maybe the fallout overtook their ship and they didn't make it and they didn't get far enough away and then all of a sudden they get the warning wait a minute, we have a signal. And they rush out to the middle of nowhere where the signal's coming from. And you find a crash-landed spaceship smoking, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's blown up for all intents and purposes, only to see two military uniform flight suit <laughs> clad people walking across the desert with, cig- with the cigar in their mouths all cocky and arrogant and blah 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 and um jeff goldblum's ex-wife slash she still loves him wife runs up on him vivica a fox runs up on will smith because they're happy to see their other halves and they hug and you have your big emotional moment yeah Jeff Goldblum's dad catches up to him and sees him smoking a cigar because go back to the beginning of the movie. They had a moment where Jeff Goldblum's nagging him, his dad about smoking cigars and how it's unhealthy and it's not good for the environment and blah, 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 blah. And then his dad sees, wait a minute, you're smoking a cigar. And he's like, eh, I could get used to it. 
and he's all like they have their little ha ha moment and you know he gets the congratulations from both of them get congratulations from the president and they have their moment and then basically the last line of the movie is will smith picking up his stepson and holding on to him and he's because one of the promises that he made to him before they left for the final mission was when i get back we're going to let off fireworks and now that he's back he picks him up and you know they're kind of having their little father stepson hug and you have all the different fragments of alien ship that are raining down through the atmosphere and the last line of the movie is didn't i tell you we were going to let off fireworks as you're watching all these fiery pieces of alien spaceship falling through the sky yeah so did you well obviously i missed a whole lot of stuff but was there anything that you wanted to add in there um well one of them was that jeff goldblum looks super sexy in his uh flight suit uh i noticed that um (laughs) that shouldn't be not mentioned um i like that at some point they decide hey let's get married and they have this wedding in the middle of this whole chaotic scene and then um somehow yeah, I did the wedding that yeah before they left on the final mission will smith and Vizica a fox finally did yes get married yeah and then um jeff goldblum and his wife ex-wife are wearing matching outfits somehow like right. how, where did her clothes come from where did the girls clothes come from it just showed up i guess from other people i don't know it's not like they had time to pull clothes out of their closet before they evacuated <laughs> washington dc oh and i will say going back to like the very beginning Vivica fox when she knocks down that door to save her son and their dog uh-huh. that was a badass mama move yeah it was i was like nobody else thought of this <laughs> no i mean I guess they're just running for their lives down the highway as the explosion is rapidly chasing them down but yet she jumps into a barricaded room and saves herself and her son and the dog while everybody else is running down the freaking freeway the other direction from the explosion and not even bothering noticing that hey she went in there why don't i try and go in there with them yeah (laughs) um oh and he fires his secretary of defense because the whole time this guy is just like He's a snivelling little weasel. Shoot nukes at him. Shoot nukes at him. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that the relationship between the two, from the moment the aliens started to arrive back on day one, is starting to go south slowly yeah. for the winter, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse, until finally it, yeah, they get to the point where, um, they tried the nuclear strike over the ship over houston and it didn't work and then the secretary of defense is all well we shouldn't give up we should keep trying and keep trying he's like you know what i'm sick and tired of your sniveling freaking attitude you know you're fired dude get the hell out yeah i mean he had a better relationship with uh jeff goldblum and he punched him yeah well and uh, (laughs) The whole drama between the two of them was they had a history because Jeff Goldblum's 
ex-wife, current wife, whatever you want to call her, worked for um, the president and Jeff Goldblum accused her of having an affair with him. And yeah, he walked in on them together in a room. I don't know if it was actually inappropriately in a room or if they were having a meeting or whatever and he just interpreted it wrong. But yeah, he yeah. was punching the president in the nose. Well, and it was before he was even president. Yeah. Well, but yeah, to be that's fair. The, that's the whole point. Cause yeah, he's like, you put his dad's all like, you punched the president. He's like, he wasn't the president when I punched him. Yeah. And to be fair, his wife and his wife look a lot alike. Yeah, they do. They do look very similar. So I could see where even if uh, it was a moment of intimacy and he walked in and saw it and thought it was his wife, but it was actually his wife. I could see where he might think that, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. It's, it's a freaking hilarious movie from start to finish. So, but yes. So anyway, um, your thoughts on the holiday movie extravaganza that would be Independence Day? So I haven't seen it nearly as much as you have. Um, I know I've seen it since I saw it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it felt like I was rewatching it. Like maybe I had a dream about it and I, you know, it's been so long. So like when things were happening, I'd be like, oh, wait, does this happen? And then it would happen. I'm like, oh, I knew it. And like with the, uh, when they're cutting open the alien, mm-hmm. I jumped. I, d- I don't remember jumping the first time, but I definitely jumped when I was watching it last night um, because I, I forgot that it happened. There's some you definite know. gore moments in the movie as well. I mean, but yeah, I still, I, uh, I don't care how many times I've seen this movie. I love this movie to death. I, I think it's really well done. I think the actors nailed their parts. I think it was well written. <coughs> Excuse me. I think it was well directed. I mean, it's not ever going to probably get the credit of, you know, being on the American Film Institute's top whatever list of greatest movies of all time. But, you know, it deserves a little bit of credit as being a good to great movie. Yeah, I would rate it four out of five stars. Um, I was going out of a ten rating, so I was going to see seven out of nine or seven out of ten. Um, I think it's a solid movie. I really enjoy it. Um, I don't think it's perfection enough to warrant a perfect rating. Yeah, which is why I won't give it, you know, a five or a ten. But, you know, as far as your seven out of 10, my four out of five, that averages out to about the same rating. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a solid movie. It's well, like I said, well done. If you guys haven't seen it, seriously, where the heck have you been for two and a half decades? Because <laughs> today is the 25th anniversary of its release. Yes. Didn't realize that until I literally just did the math in my head, but yes. So fourth, happy birthday then. Happy 25th birthday to Independence Day. <laughs> happy happy birthday. So, but yeah, it's 
an awesome movie. I love it. And I probably need to watch it more than I do, but at the same time, you know, it's understandable. I have other stuff that I have to watch and prep for as well, too. So, you know, I know that this movie is called Independence Day, but when I think of Independence Day, the movie I think of is The Sandlot. That's a good movie as well. Like, I know it's not all set during um, Independence Day, but it has that one part where they go to the uh, fair or, you know, mm. whatever. And every time I think of that movie, I think of of that part and it always makes me want to watch it on Independence Day. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. Yes, we actually had s'mores yesterday. So, you know. So did my nephew, actually. He had three or four of them. <laughs> he loves s'mores. So, so yeah. So, ultimately, that was the great cla- classic movie, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you guys have anything coming up on Two Chicks that you would like to let everybody know about yeah um so this week's episode is going to be the movie the proposal um and if they want to check out older episodes one of my favorite ones that i've done recently was actually not with my co-host but we i did it with um the books boys podcast and we went over the movie and book uh psycho that's the one uh that it sounded like I was shaking maracas. <laughs> it's a very, very good podcast episode, um, regardless of my maraca shaking. Psycho is actually one of my next episodes I planned on listening to over here. So, oh, good. Yes, I'm excited to listen to that episode as well. Yeah, please do. Um, we we enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. Um, and I never seen or read either book or the movie. I'd only like seen a, a bit about the movie. So I like knew basically what happened. Um, so he had read both of them and seen both of them. So it was very interesting talking about it. And mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed that. And then we also are starting a new podcast Ooh. called Give Me a Bake. And um, my friend, she sucks at baking. And we are going to put her to the test every week and see if, yes, she can bake it or not. And while we're talking about if she could or couldn't, we're also going to just kind of talk about things that happened that week, things that bother us, things that annoyed us, just, you know, to be fun and have a good time with it. So that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, We just recorded our first episode yesterday. So look out for that one. I will gladly look out for that one. Let me know when it drops and I will gladly check it out. I will. You know what I think. And um, this is more for you than other people. But uh, if you go on Facebook and you look for not another podcast group, Uh I am the admin for that group. There's only like 30 something people on there, Um, but I'm trying to grow it. So if you and your podcast buddies want to come join our group, you can post whatever you want. As long as you don't hurt anybody's feelings and you're not a jerk, I will allow you to post anything. You can post an episode every single day. I don't care. Um, 
because I just hate all the rules that are in all of the other podcast groups. Yeah, we try and not. Okay, so not another podcast group. So it's kind of like not another teen movie, not another podcast group. (laughs) Not another podcast group. 33 members. Join. Yeah. I'm joined. Sweet. And you can let Amanda, you can let anybody know that that's your friends and come join us. Post whatever you want. If you guys are interested, definitely check out another, not another podcast group and join up and we can have all kinds of fun as well. Yes. And you are welcome to as well join an evening at the movies Facebook group. Okay. Can do. All of your fans and listeners can also find us on any of the social media mm-hmm. and I don't have all the different addresses written down in front of me, but um, the easiest one is through to find us through Facebook. And that's just searching for an evening at the movies, each word capitalized except for the, which is <laughs> just lowercase. So we're difficult like that. So, but yeah, if you can find us on Facebook, go ahead and, you are more than welcome to join up and as well you are welcome to come back anytime you would like to come back thank you i had a lot of fun recording this episode with you i look forward to possibly doing it again yeah if you have you know find a movie that you really love or a movie you really hate and come join us on our podcast i would love to do that as well I'm always yeah. looking to branch out and not necessarily steal, but have people, other people check out what we're doing as well. So yeah. it always works out. So, um, so yeah, as far as an evening at the movies goes, um, next up, we've got um, sometime this week, Amanda and I are going to be recording an episode on The Lion King. so yes disney has come to an evening at the movies this week my co-host did not want to do that movie she said it's too sad (laughs) yeah we we're we'll we'll be getting to my saddest movie of all time here in september so um yeah one of the first movies we're doing for stephen king month is the green mile so oh that's a long movie Yes, it is. And we're definitely going to be properly editing out plot descriptions and all that for that. Cause you can't go through that and make a decent sized episode. It's going to yeah. end up going, running long. So, but after this week, um, the week after I'm going to do drop a couple baseball themed episodes because of all-star game week yes so probably one of them is going to be major league and i'm throwing a tossing and back and forth between um field of dreams and bull durham as to which one the other one's going to be well bull durham is a lot of fun yeah field of dreams is more serious true so 
check out the Facebook group and you'll find out which one I decided to do. So, but yeah, fa- baseball's coming up after um, the Lion King. So we've got that coming up as well. So awesome. I'll have to check it out. I love baseball movies. Um, we did Fever Pitch. I love that um, movie. I'm but a, I'm a secondary Red Sox fan. <laughs> Especially once 2004 hit and they came back and annihilated the Yankees because anybody that can beat the Yankees is aces in my book. True. I think we can all agree the Yankees are terrible. Um, not as bad as the Astros anymore. I, I would rather root for the Yankees over the Astros. Um, and actually, if you really love baseball and you really hate the Astros, I there's a podcast called The Edge where the writer of the book that said the Astros would win in 2017 and he like basically worked for the Astros um, as a reporter he has a podcast I heard it last year and it talks all about the cheating scandal and it is so so good so I highly recommend you learn so much information from him that can be Um, interesting as well yeah, it's a really good podcast. If you're always looking for another like sports podcast or something that's different than movies, I highly recommend that. I'm definitely going to have to check that or out. That podcast. I love my sports. So, but yeah, so that's yeah. what's coming up on. That's really good. Right on. I will check that out. So yeah, so that's what's coming up on an evening at the movies. That's what's coming up on Two Chicks Talking Flicks. Yes. And again, welcome to the An Evening at the Movies family, Sarah. Yes, thank you for having me. Anytime, and like I said, anytime you have another idea for an episode, feel free to bounce it off of us. And we might even get you on with myself and Amanda next time. Woohoo! Which is always good times. We're fun to be around <laughs> or on the computer with yeah so but yeah so like i said thank you for coming on and for the rest of you guys you know the drill it we're back season two is officially underway and moving on into the future like lion king baseball a couple more episodes coming up I think in August, we're going to talk about a little bit of 80s movies, Guilty Pleasures. And then we've already talked about the fact that August is going to, or September is going to be Stephen King birthday month bonanza. And October is going to be Halloween Horror Fest bonanza. So that's what we've got coming up and what we got you guys to look forward to. So as for this episode, Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I love you dozens the most. And I look forward to you guys all coming back for an evening at the movies. Have a good day, guys. Bye.